Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. sorrow. This wasn't God's plan. This is not the way it was supposed to turn out or the way it was supposed to happen. A third of God's family left heaven. The God of the universe lost his own children. But he's got a plan. It is not always going to be this way. Matter of fact, I believe it's going to wrap up soon. Let me read you a verse. A couple of verses actually in Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first were passed away. And verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That's what God has in store. But in the meantime, we are still down here on this earth. And we have a story today that hopefully can help you or a family member. Dory, you have a story that... I'm so thankful that you're willing to share because people need to hear it. But it's not a story you ever wanted to tell. A, a story that you ever wanted to be put in a position of having to tell. No, no, it, it wasn't. Um, all right, so um, I'll just say this. I lost my son December 12th of 20, so how many, nine months ago? And. Um, but I didn't lose him the day he died. I lost him. I was in the process of losing him years before that. Um, because... When did that start? Uh, when did it start? It actually started... It actually probably started when his father, you know, kind of abandoned his children, you know? And he was eight years old. And according to all that I've studied, eight is the worst time for a boy to be abandoned by his father. And it just shows you also that broken homes, what broken homes do to children. So his dad um, was a pharmacist, I'll just say this, and he ended up getting into drugs. And um, he's already passed away. He passed away when he was 51, about seven years ago. But um, he ended up, so it broke up our family. And then I ended up taking care of the kids myself, actually, when Christopher was eight. And I have two daughters. Um, they were four and a one-week-old. And um, I, I raised them by myself, in essence, you know, with the help of God and friends and family and stuff. But so you have a faith in God? Absolutely have faith in God. I've always had a desire to know God. Um, you know, I've always had a, a love for him and a desire to know him since I can remember, actually. <laughs> but um, but um, I, I will say this, when all that happened, I, I have to share the story because it's really cool. It was, and you can take it out if you need to, <laughs> but when I, my third baby was born is when I was having a lot of hard times, you know, with 
my marriage and everything. And uh, he had gone already. And it was about a month after she was born. It was just me and the kids. And I went out on my, on my porch. And I had two books. I had like a chapter book and I had the Bible. And I told God, you know, I had read the chapter book. I think it was a Mark Finley book, actually. It was a chapter. And as soon as that finished, um, I was, I was going to open up the Bible and read it. But my baby started crying. She was only like a month old. And I told God, I was like, you know, I talked to him in my mind a lot. I was like, oh, Lord, you know, I was going to read your word. I probably should have read it first. But Brianna's crying, and I need to tend to her. She probably needs to be fed. And so I, I was walking. I turned to walk to my sliding glass door. And I said, you know what? I am going to read your word, but I'm just going to hold it out. I'm going to point, and whatever my finger lands on, that's what I'm going to read. And um, it was the book of Malachi. And I had never read Malachi. And I was like, it's what not one of the biggies. No, I was like, what I literally said, what good can you come out of Malachi? <laughs> and it was Malachi 3.10. It was in the Good News Bible. And it said, put me to the test, and you will see I will open the windows of heaven and pour out upon you in abundance all kinds of good things. And I just looked up to him, and I said, you're such a good God, you know? Um, so, so even though I was, it was hard, you know, I knew that God was in charge. But I thought life would get easier, but that was like the... That was one of my very first, you know, big, big sorrows uh, was the, the breakup of our marriage and stuff. And, and But you didn't quit believing in God I did not of... quit believing in God. I pursued him more. And, um, but then I will tell you, my life and my family's have been full of trials, full of trials, like one after another after another after another, after another. And they were big, big trials. And I was just like, this doesn't feel, you know, this doesn't feel good, Lord. And I thought that James, when he said, um, count it joy when you face trials of many kind, I was like, he is insane. But I realize now that the trials either do two things. You either can decide to choose God or you can be bitter. And I chose to choose God and to Amen. go his route. And, um, you know, when you choose the other, when you choose to be bitter, it's not like those trials go away. It's just that now you're all, you're bitter and alone. Yeah. Instead of having God, you know, holding his hand through it. Yeah. It, it was hard. I mean, it was like, I mean, that, I thought that was like the worst thing that could happen. It was the breakup of our family, but it got, it got harder. And, um, and so then Christopher, you know, because he, he didn't have a father, you know, his father wasn't really in his life then. Um, and he had learning disabilities, even though he was brilliant. He had, you know, learning disability. He was diagnosed with, you know, bipolar or manic depression and other things. And I'm like, how can you diagnose a teenager with that? Because they're teenagers, you know, but yet he was diagnosed with that. And... I think it's just really hard in this day and age that we live. All the media, everything that bombards our children, it's really hard on them. I can't imagine what it's like to be a kid right now. It, it definitely is worse than it was 10 years ago even. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I really think that we need to be praying for them like with such intensity. Um, but Christopher ended up you know, being hurt by, by things. I'll just say it that way. He ended up being hurt by things, and then re he reacted to, to it. 
by trying to do whatever he could to avoid the pain. So he started doing pills, um, anything like course eating, you know, pills. And then um, he did things that that he didn't want. He, he felt bad about doing, and so he was cutting on himself some. I remember like calling the ambulance several times because he was just cutting on himself. It's no secret that the world is in a major mess. We are in a major mess. Even if you have escaped many of life's difficulties, most homes still struggle with daily living. So the question arises, is there hope for the future, for your future? I wanna tell you, there absolutely is hope. And that's why I'm asking you to order this free pamphlet, Is There Hope? for the future. You will be happy you did. It will change your life. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org today and order offer 105. Is there hope for the future? Scientists tell us that humans have four basic needs for survival. Food, water, air, and shelter. But beyond mere survival, we also need to know that someone cares about us. And there is someone who cares, someone who is always there. This little tract, Someone Cares About You, is full of Bible verses that will help you know just how much God cares for you. It's absolutely free. Just go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 123. Someone cares about you. So um, when he was like, you know, 13 years old, um, I, I even put him in actually Avent home because he was just trying to numb his pain however he could. And um, so I, like I said, I just, you know, tried to tackle whatever was going on at that time. He required a lot of you know, attention, a lot of energy. Um, and I, I, I focused on him a lot, even probably to the demise of my two other children, but they've been, they're great. And um, so he ended up, you know, long story short, he ended up becoming addicted to, to opiates um, and he ended up doing IV stuff. And he did things that he would never have done in his right mind or, or you know, because he was a very tender-hearted, kind-hearted boy. He, he had so many wonderful qualities, but addiction, um, I honestly think it's demon possession. I really do because it changes the person to who they would not even want to be. And, um, and anyways, um, so I lost him over years, and I tried to, I, I prayed to God, like, and I said, please don't let him, please don't let him become homeless and hungry and cold. Please don't let him go to jail and be beaten and raped, you know. And then I, I uh, saw a story on YouTube of, um, of a girl that went through something horrific. I mean, her life went from, I'll just say, it went from horrible to finding God. And God was telling me at that time, I was in the bathtub, you know, seeking him, but I was listening. And he was telling me at that time, you don't know what Christopher needs to be in my kingdom. I do. 
So I let go of him at that moment. I said, then do whatever it takes to save him for your kingdom. This is a blink. Life here is a blink. Do whatever it takes to save him for your kingdom. And that is my prayer now for my girls. Do whatever it takes to save them for your kingdom. Because they don't have, you know, an addiction. But I think all our children, we need to, like, fully submit them to God, commit them to God, submit them to God, and let him do his work. Because life here is nothing compared to what God wants for us. And we can even have a little bit of heaven here on earth just knowing God and his love. You literally loved him enough to let go and stop being the mom you thought you ought to be. That's right. And I didn't even care what people thought, you know, people like, you know, what they think of, you know, him or me. And I know that I prayed for him and I probably had hundreds of people praying for him. I interceded for him. They interceded for him. And I told God, you know, do not, please do not take him before he's yours or before you've given him every opportunity to be yours. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God did that. God did not take my son before that. And I know that that God is just and fair and he's the only one that can judge, period. Nobody can judge anybody because we don't know their genetics. We don't know their experiences. We don't know what happened to them. We don't know. We might think we do, but we don't. Only God does, and he knows the hearts. Through this progression of time, what was your relationship like with, with your son, or was there any? Or? Oh, my, my relationship, he was my firstborn. He was born one day shy of being 14 weeks early. He weighed less than two and a half pounds. I adored him. I loved, I loved him to pieces. I didn't drink one drop of caffeine. I was so careful, you know, and, um, he was so funny. We, he talked to me more than my two girls together. He told me things I didn't even want to hear, you know. But as, as the addiction, you know, increased, the relationship became less close, you know, because he was ended up stealing and taking my checkbook, you know, and just stuff that he wouldn't do. And but. And we would argue, because he's strong-willed, and I guess I'm pretty strong-willed, too, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so we would argue and yell at each other, even, you know? But then we would, like, always apologize. I always, I just remember always apologizing. And and he was, like, so good about uh, apologizing, too. So he was a terrific kid, other than that addiction part. He was an awesome kid. I miss him. I miss him. It's still pretty raw. Yeah. And it's actually, I find that it's actually harder right now. I think, I think because God in his love and kindness knew that for me to deal with his death, um, I just, all I could see was like so much of the, the things that he did so hurtful, you know? I know that Christopher is no longer suffering. He's no longer in pain, and and he's no longer able to hurt anybody else. And I think you know addiction, especially drug addiction, makes people do things that they would not normally do because it costs money. It costs a lot of money, and um, so he's no longer he's no longer suffering, and he's not hurting anyone else. And that gives me comfort too. 
if you don't mind, can you kind of lead us on to where it went? What what happened? In this, a year ago, where were the two of you? So he was in and out of jail, and I thought the first time he went in jail, you know, that would scare him, and he would never want to go. But he's so he was so gregarious; he made friends wherever he went, and he was quite smart too. So he knew, and you can get drugs in jail. I mean, just as easily, or maybe even easier than I mean, where he was at. I mean, it was so easy to get. Um, how, so did you, how did you know all about? Did he, he share told that? me. He told you. Okay. He told me. So he's breaking your heart more at the same time as he's sharing with mom. Well, he's telling me, you know, which I love that he could tell me things. I love that part because he felt close enough to be able to tell me. And I love that. I miss that tremendously. But, of course, I was like, it hurt me that he was, you know, doing things that harmed him and harmed others. But um, so he ended up in, being in and out of jail. And then um, he, he ended up coming home. And I actually moved away for a short time. So I was living where he was living, which was his grandma's house. And I was able to spend the last week and a half with him. And I feel honored to do that. And, and I even left a job. And I'm pretty sure I was there for only one month. And I'm pretty sure that the reason why, because I was like, why? Because I felt like God called me to this place in North Carolina. And I'm like, why? Why am I back here? And I think it was just for this one week with Chris. And this was one of the reasons. And so I was able to, pr I prayed with him during that week and a half twice. And I asked him, I said, Christopher, I said, I don't even know because his girlfriend had a Ouija board and you know, stuff like that. And I said, I don't even know if you believe in God. And he looked straight at me and he said, of course I do, Mom. You're, you're my mother. You raised me. And so that gave me some hope. And then there was a time, I think it was a Tuesday, he, they found him on a, on a Saturday, on a Sabbath. Um, but the Tuesday before, I remember going, he, his room was open, the TV was blaring, and I went into his room. I turned off the TV, and I just felt impressed to, like, pray over Christopher you know I just got on my knees and I rebuked Satan and told him he had no rights to my kids he was dedicated to to God as a child he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and then I asked God to make himself known to him and um, and I know he did and then um, what happened was was we found out that I got a call. Um, I was at my daughter's house um, spending the, the night there, and we got a call from their grandmother where I was staying at, and uh, she said the police were there, and I knew that wasn't good news. And so I um, rushed over there, and I remember it's only like five minutes away or so, but I remember driving like a maniac and I was like Lord I know that this is not good news and I think that she had told me that he was dead she's like Chris is dead and I'm like I know he's dead but I'm going to intercede for him one more time you know be with my child and do whatever you know I'm just going to intercede I, I don't even know if that's possible but just save my son and so then when, when we got there there were two policemen there 
and they told us that that he had gone to a um, to a narcotic party in a hotel, and paranoia ensued, and somebody shot him in the head. And um, and you know, God has given me. Um, forgiveness. I, I'm not, I don't hate the guy that killed him, which is amazing. And I, I had a little problem with a girlfriend because she introduced him to, but you know, I'm trying to pray for her now. And God just has given me peace that he's a good God, even though I have sorrow. And I know that, you know, it's God's kingdom, right? He gets to choose who lives there anyways. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, it's, you have full whatever. And so I just want people to know that you can have peace, even though you have sadness. And that I know what it's like to be a mother of a child that has addiction. And it is a very, very, very hard place to be extremely you're not alone as as we all know no it is so common nowadays so much more common uh, it's incredible that in a situation like this having such issues with your son watching him as you said you began to lose him when he was 13 and to lose him in little bits all along and then completely lose him and sit here not even a year later and say even in spite of all the, the sorrow, you have peace? I that, do. That's difficult to understand. It's only from God. It's truly only from God. And the fact that I'm not bitter to the person that killed him, that is only from God. I don't know how, I mean, I, I don't see how, it has to be from God. Have you seen that person since? Or, uh, since I mean, I've seen pictures of him, but he's in jail, but no. And how old was your son? He was 29. 29, 29. So from 13 to 29, a lot of years of struggle, a lot of years of heartache. Um, when, when you first came and you and I were talking before we sat down, you said you just wanted the people, people to know and you listed a whole bunch of things, you know, yeah. that you've got a heart that wants to help others. Do you mind just sharing some of those things with us? Yeah, I want people to know that there is a God in heaven that loves them dearly, knows everything about them. And just like a parent, like I loved, I, Christopher taught me that, that the things that he did, I there was something he did that I thought, I don't know if I can like, you know, I don't know if I can love him. And I, I loved him no matter what. I loved him with such intensity. And I know that, that, that God loves us more and he loves, every person that's listening to them. He is like, he loves them so much. He loves, I want to say he loves you so much. And he wants to know you. And he doesn't want to live without you. And if we just would, if we would just seek him, and all you have to do is repent and say, I'm sorry for my sins. I don't, I, I choose you. That's what I tell him every day. I'm like, I, I'm not perfect. I have my flaws, but I'm like, I choose you. I, I, want, I want you in my life. I want, I want your spirit, but I'm a leopard. I can't change myself. You're gonna have to change me. 
because I desire things that are not good, but I don't want to. I want to do your will. I want to be bold for you. I want to, I want to, to, I want everyone to know that you love them. And I, that's what I want. I want everyone to know that they are deeply, deeply loved by a God who is bigger than anything and that he is coming soon. He is coming really, really soon. I believe with all my heart that we will see him come. Counsel for moms and dads, anything special for them? I mean, some, some are probably going through what you are right now. Others, maybe you're getting close. What would you say? I would say get on your knees and pray because this battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and things of darkness. Um, this is a spiritual battle. You're more powerful on your knees than anything else. But I would also say catch it early on. When you catch it early on, um, I don't know, because I, I, I think do the tough love thing early on, but I'm not positive, you know. I don't know. It's so hard to know because even, I... Even as I started out, even God the Father couldn't totally stop some of the children from leaving no, the glories of no. heaven in his side. And that's what, you know, I, I realized that I was kind of playing God, you know, with Christopher because I was like thinking that I could persuade him to come back and I was like, God is perfect and Satan chose to leave, you know. So, um, but I would say the most powerful thing, the most is get on your knees and pray. I believe that it allows God because God's such a gentleman, I think I think of Satan as mafia, and he's gonna kick you when you're down and hit you and kick you and punch you and everything. And I think of God as a perfect gentleman, he's just at the door knocking, just let me in. And so you come to him and like, oh, I'm letting you in. Now he tells his angels, go sick him. That's exactly how I see it. He get, he, it gives God permission to do in the spiritual realm what needs to be done. Dory, we just can't thank you enough for coming today and the for courage being to share. willing to tell a story yeah. like that because there are other hurting parents out there who maybe haven't lost their child yet but feel like in many ways oh. they have. Mm -hmm. and, and to throw out that little lifeline of hope and remind them that God loves their child more than they do. Absolutely. So, thank you for coming today. Appreciate it Thank you for having me and letting me share. I, uh, I appreciate it. Scientists tell us that humans have four basic needs for survival. Food, water, air, and shelter. But beyond mere survival, we also need to know that someone cares about us. And there is someone who cares, someone who is always there. This little tract, Someone Cares About You, is full of Bible verses that will help you know just how much God cares for you. It's absolutely free. Just go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 123, Someone Cares About You. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.